Hello and welcome to the Ascot United Football Club Behind the Goals podcast. This is our very first episode. We've done a trailer, we've warmed up, we are now officially ready to go. My name is Dan Huff, I am the age group coordinator for the under-8s, important role, uh, member of the Ascot United Vets, equally important role, and I'm going to be on the podcast every week with Leon Palmer Wilson, another member of the Vets. Leon, how are you? You had a good weekend? I did, Dan. Thanks for asking. Um, it's been eventful, I have to say. Um, emotional? I'm going to say it did get emotional at times. We uh, we had we had some plumbing issues this weekend. I'm not more I'm, plumbing I know, issues. And I'm not so going to bore you. you with all the details, but needless to say, my wife now has the title of head plumber in the house. She sussed out what the issue was. But my problem with it was that we had a label on one of the pipes and it says um, outside tap. And what it should have said is outside tap and the entire rest of the house. Because I turned that thing off. (laughs) Everything stopped working. Wife said to me, that's that's your boy there, that thing you've turned off. And I said, don't be daft. Of course it isn't. It's just the outside tap. Anyway, um, I'll tell you later about my... So the story of you... you you created the problem. She solved it. Essentially, that that's what's happened, and she's loving it. Okay. Bragging rights, and um, but I, t- I don't know how well this will work on a podcast. But I've got a labelling machine called the Starship Enterprise. She bought it for me for Christmas once, and I've now sorted out the problem at source. So it's labelled rest of the house. So that's been my weekend um, plumbing. It is rock and roll in your household, Leon. I'll tell you what play. it is. And, uh, but, Dan, more importantly, um, I wasn't able to get down to the V2s game. Tell me about it. Yeah, we played Friday night, the uh, the veterans' uh, second 11 emotional encounter. Altafinians were, were the visitors. And, um, yeah, as always, really enjoyed it. 1-1 one, one draw, lots of huff and puff. One or two little bits of quality. Probably not enough. Uh, no, definitely not enough. But, uh, yeah, we drew 1-1. One, one, good night. And we celebrated... Dougie Page's 70th birthday, which in, in and of itself is a wonderful achievement. And of course, Dougie's still playing. So it was a good Did night. Did you get a drink in for him, Dan? Yeah. And one of our one of our players is a chef, Eric Navala, uh, the goalkeeper. So we brought a massive chocolate cake, which um, which we all, we all piled he into. He does make so. a nice cake. I might that come training on Wednesday, see if there's any leftovers. You've been tempted. I thought I'd drag you in. Good, good. Um, we're also um, really pleased to to welcome um, someone else to the podcast. Someone who, who I think will have much more and uh, many more interesting things to say than uh, than us. Um, Jamie Tompkins, first team manager. Welcome on board. Thanks very much. Yeah, really good to be here. Thanks, guys. And I, I was going to ask how your your weekend was, Jamie, but I'm obviously aware of how the first team got on on Saturday. Not not the greatest day you've had. Uh, not the the best day at the office on uh, on Saturday, unfortunately. Um, having been one 0 up though, uh, it just uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately lost the game. But um, you know, it, it was a good crowd though. A good crowd. If there's a positive, it How was many there. Well, I'm interested. Uh, about oh, 220, uh, which was great. So yeah, one of the highest in the league that day. So it was uh, it's, it was good. So unfortunately, we didn't get the three points in the end. But at least that's a positive. Yeah. And Hamworth Villa are going to be one of the better sides in that league, in all seriousness, aren't they? I mean, they were champions of um, the, the lower division two years ago. And am I right in saying they didn't lose a game all season that year? That's right, yeah. They went up uh, unbeaten as well, which was an yeah, amazing achievement. And, of course, last year uh, they reached the, the playoff final. Um, so they were, um, they were beaten against uh, Walton and Hersham. Um, so they've got some good pedigree. Mm, absolutely. Um Jamie, many people who listen to this podcast will, will, will know you quite well, but there will be a few who perhaps don't know, know you 
um, that well at all. They, they may well know, know your name and obviously understand the, the, the great job that you're doing for the club. But can you give us a bit of background as to how you found your way to Ascot? Where did it all begin? Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, really random, uh, really, really random. So I'm not from the area. I didn't know. Uh, I've been here about six years now. Uh, <laughs> and six years ago, I didn't know Ascot United existed. So uh, it was very much a case of being, uh, I was actually in Sweden for the, the World Youth Cup. Uh, with this is going left field. Coming to yeah, Ascot by Sweden. Is, I know. So uh, um, this is the, yeah, the World Youth Cup. I was with a friend called Sean Murphy. Uh, he um, took the under-18s team that went out there. This is for a, a company called um, uh, Phoenix Football Academy, which is local to, to, to Ascot. Um, and he asked me to help out uh, and, and, and work with him with, uh, with the team. It just so happened uh, on that trip, Neil Richards was there taking the under-14s team. Uh-huh. Uh, and once the competition went on, we, we did really well. We actually get, got the bronze medal. Um, out of, I don't know, 600 teams. Wow. Um, it was a huge achievement. And most of these boys, half, at least half of them, were playing for the Ascot United under-18s. And once Neil and I got, got chatting, he invited me to come down to the club and uh, offered me the role of under-23s development manager, uh, which I accepted, and, and that was my, my foot through the door. So it very much started... Uh, very quickly after that, the competition in uh, Sweden was in July. I was by August. I was the manager, and now we're preparing to get the team ready and and try and help these young players go from under 18s into under 23 football. So that's uh, that's how it all started. And and six months later, or less than six months, I suppose maybe four or five months, um, uh, the previous management uh, had left mm-hmm. the club. Uh, you know, uh, as, as you know, Paul McGrattey and, and Jeff Lamb were the managers, and uh, Neil Richards took the job and asked me to be the assistant manager. So, very, it all happened very, very quickly. Although there's a name there that um, is actually quite familiar to the vets this weekend, because of course Jeff Lamb is now uh, is now playing the Makaleli role for the vets first he's, eleven. He's still he's a player, decent. isn't he? He's still, still a, a player. He's decent. What I've yeah. seen of him, and he's looked. He's looked very good on Wednesday nights at training. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, good, good, to, good to have him back and playing. Absolutely, yeah. Still a player. Thanks for that, Jamie. I, I've got a question for you. Um, thinking about last season, watching it from afar, I, I'm going to say it's probably almost unbeatable. Promotion, winning at Wembley. Um, I, I'm interested to know which bits will live longest in your memory. Uh, wow. Well, all of what it, I question. guess, but it's... Uh, what a question. Yeah, what, what an unbelievable experience. And like you say, it's, it's a year that will we can never beat. It was incredible. Everything just seemed to come together, uh, stars aligned, so to speak. And, uh, well, if there's... I mean, lifting the trophy uh, at Wembley in uh, and walking up the steps to the Royal Box and having that experience as a whole group was incredible. Um, the whole day, you know, walking into the changing rooms and, you know, seeing it all set up, seeing the, the Ascot United badge there to walking out onto the pitch and you can see, you know, 4,000 yellers. Yeah. Um, Good crowd. Uh, seeing them and hearing them, you know, talking um, talking to people there just, to, you know, they, they were so excited, singing the national anthem, winning the game. Um, and obviously the party afterwards was was, was even better, but... I think the the best moment for me out of this whole experience was was actually the night before, and 
it was a moment where we, we as a team stayed in the, the Royal Berkshire nice. Hotel. And uh, we went out for a meal, uh, a nice Italian meal. Um, and we, we, we got back at a good time. All the players went to their rooms. But us as a management team, we were we went into the bar. And <laughs> you didn't go on the last, had... did you, Jamie? We're going to get a revelation, <laughs> can't <laughs> I, I no, not me, not me. But you know, there's a couple, there's a couple, maybe. But it was, um, it was, it was just a great moment because us as a whole management team came together, and we've got uh, Steve Quelch, who's uh, our first team coach, and Chad Smith, who was, uh, you know, uh, our, our physio. They, these two characters are so big characters, and they were just cracking up jokes for the, about an hour, an hour and a half, had us all in stitches. It just set the tone, really, that we just relaxed us yeah. and calmed us all down. And it just, it was, we look back on that and now we, we laugh on it. It was such a great moment. And I think it just settled everyone down. And then we really enjoyed the day itself. Decent. It must have gone pretty quick, didn't it? Did, did it feel like it Very. was zipped by? Very quickly, too too quickly. You know, it, 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 what I mean, what helped is that it was an early kickoff. It was twelve fifteen. Uh, I think it was twelve fifteen, and uh, you know we were up at breakfast early, team meeting, then already on the coach to Wembley, and it was great because it meant that you know nerves couldn't really kick in. It was like get up, let's get going, and like you say, it just went so quickly. Other than the last ten minutes of the game, as soon as we were one nil up. That was the longest 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a follow-up question to that, Dan, if I may. I know, you, I know you've got something else to ask. But yeah, sure. With all that exposure and how good your players were last year, did, did you have some difficulties keeping hold of them? No. No, not at all. Um, they absolutely loved it. And I think a big thing to me and any player that plays for the club is they've got to enjoy it. Yeah. They've got to enjoy it because they commit so much time to it. So whether it's good times or not so good times, it is about enjoyment. It is about committing to the cause, no matter what. And the boys that we had last year enjoyed it so much. They were like, look, let's go. Let's go again. Can't wait to be back. Um, of course, they've had interest. Of course, um, good players always do, no matter what. But um, they wanted to stay. They wanted to stay together. We, Some players had moved on because of uh, their own personal reasons, whether it was through like a yeah. game time. Or they retired, or they were, they, you know, Kai Walters, our goal scorer, moved to Australia. So, you know, things happen. I think we're hoping to catch up with him at some point, actually. Kai, yeah, yeah. he's up to. Yeah, yeah, he's he'll uh, he he loves talking about his goals. So, um, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, he wouldn't. We could do a whole podcast (laughs) on that. He could just go through one at a time if he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 boys that they they wanted to stay, they wanted to push on. So. I think they recognised that last year was such a huge achievement. They wanted to try and, you know, keep uh, that momentum nice. going. Yeah. I think it's also, it, the weather was good, right? And I, I've been to Wembley five times to follow my team before. The weather's not been brilliant. We've been awful. I, I've, I've had five defeats as a supporter at Wembley. And so to, to, to go and win a game, everything about the day fitted. I think a lot of people will, will now sort of take that for granted, right? But... Losing at Wembley is rubbish, you know. So, so to actually go there and win, I don't know. Perhaps you have to go there and lose, but to realise how nice it is to go there and win, maybe. Sure, look, I'd, I'd love to be there again. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, we, uh, <laughs> FA Trophy for us is the next uh, the yeah. next goal, right? So, um, but yeah, it was just a you know win win lose or draw. It was about the whole experience about being there. The players are we're all competitive. We all want to win the game, but it was just 
no one can ever take that away from the players now. They've, they've played at Wembley and I think that's the, that's the pinnacle. Great stuff. Absolutely. We're I mean, talking about cups. I was going to ask you about that because it always strikes me in non-league football, if you're doing well in August, September and, and October, you can play a lot of cup football, right? And we've, I mean, how many cup games have we played? Eight? Nine? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. significant number. And of course, on the one hand, that, that's great. You, you're winning games, so you go through. But it, it must have an impact on, on, on your league form or, or the way the league fits into this. Is that right? Because we're, we're already a couple of games behind some teams, aren't we? Yeah, we've, uh, we've played the least amount of games in the league, um, which is the consequence of good cup runs. Yep. Um, you know, we, we've got the furthest we've ever got in the FA Cup this year. Um, and we've played in the FA Trophy for the first time. Uh, in our club's history, and we've we've won two games uh, b- uh, before getting knocked out. And the two teams we've lost to in those competitions are both step three opposition in the league above. You know, two very established teams uh, are pushing for playoffs in their own league. So, and we and arguably we we deserve something from those games. Um, those that would have watched them, I, I'm yeah. sure they know uh, what, what I'm second talking half about against is, Lewis. We were brilliant. Yeah, we, we were brilliant. We did everything but score the equaliser. And um, you know, the same for our FA Trophy game in Whitehawk. It was a 91st minute uh, winner for, for Whitehawk. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was close. It was close. Um, but it's nice to be talking about us against these kind of, kind of opposition. It's, it's a privilege to be you know, talking about uh, losing the last minute to step three opposition in cup competitions. Because where the clubs come from to where we are now, it's it's great that we can have these conversations, albeit we're desperate to win. But um, it has had an impact on league. Um, difficult to get a momentum and flow and a rhythm into winning points. It's difficult to switch from cup mentality to working half a three points sometimes. But um, we've got a, we've got a period now where we've got. Uh, from uh, what the 14th of October to the 4th of November, six league games. Yep. So great opportunity for us to really get going, get a rhythm and, uh, and get some points on the board. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I mean, it's worth remembering, Lewis only got knocked out of the FA Cup yesterday. And of course, the FA Cup first round draw was today. We're recording on Sunday. So it goes to show we lost certainly in the FA Cup to, to a side that's, um, that's doing pretty, you know, pretty, pretty well as yeah, well. Sure. In terms of where we come from, I mean, the story is really impressive, but in five years' time, where would you ideally like us to be? Well, it's a great question. It's a great question because the club is very much built on new football and, um, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, the late 80s, 90s and all the way through, there's been so many phenomenal people and volunteers involved that have helped build this club to now over 90 teams, which is incredible. And there's a waiting list of about 400 players. I think uh, in five years' time, um, you know, we'd love to see that there's a, a new 3G pitch uh, where those bottom pitches are, where the youth players are. Um, it's very much in the pipeline at the moment. I think there's, uh, there's some hurdles to, to jump over first. Um, but that would be fantastic for the facility and the local community that we can get more players involved, more teams more volunteers, um, and that will just help build the profile. Would would there be lights on that one as well? Uh, Well, that's a good question. I believe believe so. I believe so. I believe so. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. Simon might call me in the morning uh, and tell me I shouldn't have said that, but um, it's very much there to be used for a lot of training in the week and um, and matches as well. So, you know, it will help really facilitate all of those youth teams playing um, at the main 
uh, yes. stadium rather than dotted around. You actually the, see them uh, as you the drive around Ascot and 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 sort of surrounds. You can always see Asc- Ascot Yellow. Any any park you go past, more or less. That's it, absolutely. Which is great, and you know, there's, there's, there's I'm sure that will continue to happen as well because that's always good. But yeah, the, I think uh, five years time, I'd love to see another 3G pitch there, which I'm sure is, is will happen if given with the, you know, everything is all organised behind the scenes. Um, so well done as well by Joe and and Neil and and Simon. Um, I think from a first team level point of view, we would love to be in a position where. We are certainly, at the very minimum, a very well-established Step 4 club. Yeah, I think you know, this, is, this is very new for us right now, where we are a Step 4 football club for the first time in the club's history. So at the very minimum, it's been established at this level. But I'm a very ambitious person. I've always have been. And uh, the club and everyone know, knows that. The players know that. I'd be disappointed if we're not in Step 3. Let's just put it that way. So... Um, we, it's not to put pressure on ourselves, but I'm just ambitious. I just want to. I want to win, and uh, and I think if we can just build on our successes and keep improving, um, you know, every month, every season. Jamie, we'll I that. love that, and I tell you what, I'm looking forward to digging out this clip, right? In five years' time, probably before, and we'll say we heard it here first, won't we, Dan? We will. We will indeed. And. I- I get it as well. I think it's a sensible thing to, to be aspiring to, right? You, no one really aspires to just do the same thing ad infinitum, do they? That wouldn't be logical. You want to try and absolutely whatever the next step is, you try and do it. Yeah, yeah. fair play. So outside of Ascot United, I need to know a couple of things about you, Jamie. First of all, um, what your other football allegiance is. Now, we all we know you're going to have a soft spot for Arsenal because everybody does. But do you have another team that you Sorry? follow? <laughs> Um, uh, well, I've always been a Man United fan. I've always have been. And it's all going so well, Leon, you what? Uh, yeah. Carry on, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what I can say, I was, uh, I'm a, I, I like to think I'm a proper fan. I think, uh, in, in Ferguson's last year at the club, I was at, uh, more than half of those games that year. And I was there for his final game at Old Trafford as well. So, um, it was kind of an end of an era for me after that moment. I think seeing him go and seeing all the players go, and I've not really been there much at all ever since. I think the only time I did was when Barcelona were in town, and I get to saw I saw Leo Messi wow. and Iniesta and Xavi play and uh, Old Trafford, and um, uh, yeah. So Man United's my team, uh, but I work for Brentford Football okay. Club uh, and the Community Sports Trust. I've been there for many many years. So Brentford's. I always have a soft spot for it. I always follow the of team. You do. Yeah. And I I first joined when we were in League Two and now we're in the Premier League. And we almost got into Europe last year. So it's just incredible to see that whole journey as well. So yeah, I'll tell you uh, what, always what, what year them. for you last year then? It was. It was, yeah. It With was the incredible. exception of Man United. Incredible. Um I was going to say whether well, United fit into that, but I get the point. Jamie, another question for you. So we, we've talked football and we're supposed to, aren't we? It's a football podcast. But um, how about you? What do you get up to when you're not um, not doing football, not working with Ascot and Brentford? Uh, that doesn't leave a lot of time to do something else, to be honest. You're enough. Um, non-league management is a tough gig and it mm. requires just so much time to get prepared. I mean, we've got a game on, uh, on Tuesday evening. We had the game yesterday. We're already uh, looking at the squad, picking the team. Uh, doing our research and uh, analysing our own game footage and the opposition game footage. So it's 
it just takes up a lot of time. But what, what, I, what I'd love to do is I'd love to travel. I think when, as soon as the season's over, um, we're away. We're going away somewhere and we just Go always go to somewhere waters. new. Yeah, well, I know. It's, 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 that would be great, wouldn't it? That would be. It would be. I mean, he's probably living a you know a surfer's dream over there. You know, he's uh, he's probably too busy for me. But, I'm thinking uh, Jamie as well. Um, That's going to go well with um, Ascot's first European Cup run, isn't it? You'll enjoy that, won't you? You'll be you'll yeah. be you'll be first <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it. I want to wonder what you're smoking, Leon. That's what I want. <laughs> Come see me, man. Um, so yeah, not much, uh, not much else to be honest. I mean, um, I love my sport, so you know, I, it's, it's football, football, football. But I'm a big fan of NFL as well. I'd always watch NFL and um, Formula One as well. So um, yeah, it, it doesn't really have much uh, time elsewhere. Do you not uh, find that though, James? For, football fans in general will watch anything that's competitive. I remember in lockdown, I was genuinely watching some competitive marble racing and then I'd flick onto the Belarusian League because it was the only league that was, was still going. And, you know, if it's competitive, you just find yourself drawn to it, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the major sporting events, that's it. Yeah. Um, um, you know, Wimbledon, um, the snooker, um, what the rugby is obviously on at the moment. So I, I, I'm not a big fan of rugby, but look, England are on, so I'm going to support them. Yeah. So, Good game um, for them today, by the way. Was, Good uh, win. We should mention it. Yeah. Brilliant against the Fijians. Definitely. On on that, Dan, you... were we really brilliant against the Fijians? I, I, I'm not. I mean, I've, I've just seen the first half of France v um, South Africa, Leon. And you, you're a rugby man, right? Do we really want to go up against those guys? I, I don't think it's going to go very too quicker. well for us. But it was it was very enjoyable sorting Fiji out because um, they okay. were they they've been having a bit of a year of it, and um, I, I was worried for the boys. But talking about obscure sports and watching anything competitive. Um, there were times in lockdown when it became YouTube, didn't it? Because there really wasn't much uh, sport on the telly. And I came across a thing, and I can thoroughly uh, recommend it to both of you, which is bog snorkeling. And it's a real thing, and it happens up in Yorkshire somewhere. So just Google that one for me, and um, you're welcome. <laughs> bog Yeah, it's snorkeling. a real thing. This podcast covers ground. I didn't even know. <laughs> it's a real thing. Check it alone. out. I've always fancied it, actually. Okay. Get myself up there. I say always. I've fancied it since I saw it in lockdown. But yeah, it looks a good one. <laughs> All good. All, m- moving on. I'm going to say something a bit left field now. Um, and, and the background to this is an incident that, that Dave Good, actually, the manager of the, of the Vets First Eleven, saw about a month ago uh, when, when two of the Vets sides were playing in our league. And, and, and Dave went over to watch. Chelsea Vets were playing West London Rams, two of the better sides in our league. They've got some good quality non, ex-non-league footballers in them. And um, at that game, um, at half-time, the referee was, was doing a few keepy-uppies. And he clearly fancied himself as a bit of a baller. And I'm a bit suspicious of referees who, who clearly want to show that they can play. I don't know why I'm suspicious, but I just think, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, you know, just leave I'm the ball, you, go yeah. and have a cup of tea and have, and have some oranges. I don't, it's prejudice. I'll put my hands up, but don't, don't do that. Um, so he, he does his keep you up. He's then he goes and starts whacking the ball in the goal. And um, we're playing at a place called King's House, which is in Chiswick. And, and the ball goes over the fence, right? So... At, at King's Age, you've already got this massive, great long walk around. You know what these 3G pitches are like? Not, not Well, ours are a bit like that, but some of them are even worse. There's no gates open. You've got to go right around the car park or you go over the fence, right? So the referee, he goes over the fence, doesn't he? So he's climbing up the fence and, of course, the plonker has gone and got himself stuck um, at the top of the fence and falls off the other side eventually. And, like, there's blood everywhere. You know, he's cut his arm open. He's a right mess, and so 
people have to go in and pick him up and like you know du- dust him down it's like what are you bloody doing but it's pretty clear then that something's wrong here so he has to go off to to you know to get that sorted out i don't know if he went to a and e or if he went just to be bandaged up but that's that's one ref gone and then it's followed up by a guy who's watching of course this is vets football this is not this is not not the first team by the, there's a ref on the sideline says that i'll do the second 45 minutes and um Apparently, yeah, he is a ref, but people are not totally sure about him. Gives a penalty to, to Chelsea Vets, and um, the guy, Toddy, scores the penalty. And I would give you 100 guesses, JT, about why this penalty was disallowed. And I guarantee you would not get it, right? The guy taking the penalty, he ain't got his shin pads on. He's taken, <laughs> they've had a water break, I think, before, apparently, the penalty was taken, which I thought was a bit odd anyway. You wouldn't have a water break before a penalty, but they did. Um, and he didn't put his shin pads back on. So he scores and um, and the ref disallows the goal and says, you've got to take it. Now, obviously, he retakes it and misses. Obviously, that, that fits, <laughs> fits the bill perfectly. But you can probably imagine the games descending into open and frank exchanges of views. Um, and in the end, the ref just like, I'm out of here. I stepped in at halftime. You lot are all a bunch of whatevers and, 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 and just walked <laughs> off. Game abandoned. 5-5. Five, five. Thank you very much. And I, I'm, I've not seen anything. As, well, Dave Good tells the story, but I've, I've had it sort of yeah, backed up by a number of reputable sources. But in terms of levels of bonkersness, I've got nothing that will ever beat that. Now, you've seen a lot of football. You, you've probably seen a lot of crazy things. Can, can you sort of end our chat by thinking of anything that, that you think, how on earth does stuff like that ever happen? Well, I, I don't think I can beat that. I mean, that's unbelievable. That is a level of nonsense. <laughs> so I didn't think we'd ever get to, but yeah. Mm. Um, uh, something there. I mean, uh, Ascot United playing at Wembley is ridiculous yeah. in yep. itself. Uh, um, I think there's a couple. I think um, uh, one funny, one serious one, I suppose. I mean, we were at West Didsbury in the FA Vars run last year in Manchester. Oh, that got a bit um, fancy, didn't it? And yeah. It did, it did, it did. I mean, we we won on penalties. Um, and they had a, about 1,200 people there. We had about 30 supporters. Um, and behind the goal where the penalties were, we scored the winning penalty. And, uh, you know, a couple of our players, uh, uh, not naming any names apart from Jay Welch, um, <laughs> so uh, gave it the old knee slide in front of that supporter, which caused absolute chaos. Mayhem, yeah. Absolute chaos. We had people jumping over onto the pitch. We had stewards there getting involved. Rather than breaking it up, they were getting involved. It was it was carnage. But it was one of those moments where you go, oh, you just have it, you know. You roll with it. Um, and uh, a funny one, I suppose. Um, well, you may know our goalkeeper coach, uh, Alex Sykes. Yep. And, you know, what great guy, brilliant guy, uh, proper club man. He would do anything to help. He could be behind the bar, grabbing as much food as he can before and after games. Um, he's made four appearances for the football club, uh, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Two of them in goal and two of them are up front as a striker. So the uh-huh. most ridiculous thing I've seen is, is Alex Sykes coming on. We played Hollyport away and he's in, in the league. And I, I, I was short on the bench. I've named him, named him as a sub. Injury to, uh, to a player. I've had to say, come on, Sykes, you're going to have to go on up front. And it was, <laughs> to say it was, uh, yeah, a funny experience to watch him uh, play up front for us. Was, uh... It's got a bit, tell me there was a diving head of goal at the end, please. There wasn't, was there? <laughs> um, yeah, he may have died, but the ball would have been nowhere near him. Got you. Sounds like that um, so... episode where... Um... An agent recommended George Ware's cousin 
remember that one? I think he came on for about oh, two or three minutes and the manager's like, oh, Kite, he can't play at all. It literally is terrible. <laughs> I think he came on the, was it Premiership, was it? A few years ago. Yeah. Was it Southampton? Have I made that up? Well, I, don't, I don't remember. But um, it, yeah, I remember the incident. Listening but... to you two, it, it, it just brings something to mind. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, uh, Jamie, but Tor Andrew Flo used to play for the Ascot Vets uh, team. And um, so the most bonkers moments for me were every time Tor Andrew Flo played because he was he was that much better, even with his dodgy hips. And there's one game in particular I remember. He turned up. I don't think he liked playing the away games quite as much as the home games. Sorry, Tori. I don't know if that's true. but um, And um, he scored maybe four or five goals. Not sure how many other people touched the ball. And then at half-time, he said, well, that would do me then. Um, you know, done my bit and off he went. And and um, I think that was the form, really. Once once the game was put to bed, he'd sort of had enough. So, so he just decided to have had enough at half-time? Yeah, and to be fair, it meant someone else could oh. come on and, you know, not not score five goals in half or whatever it would be. But it was always great fun <laughs> wheeling him out. You know, we're all there with our sort of kit that doesn't fit and falling over and doing what we're doing. And then you've got, you've got a, was he Norway's all-time record goal scorer, is he, Torrent Flow, I think? Well, he went for 10 million quid when 10 million quid was a lot of money. So I'm not sure how much we paid for him. Probably a bit less. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, Jamie, Leon, it's been fascinating talking to you. And I get, we, we, I've got a feeling we could go on and on and on. But it is a Sunday night. And I know you like your NFL, JT. So we'll let you get back to that. But but very best of luck with the um, with the forthcoming fixtures. Um, just update us. Who are you playing on Tuesday? Uh, Ashford Town away. Oh, not too far. Tuesday. Though, Quite local. Yeah, not too far. Not too far. Yeah, we think it's uh, the first time we'll play against each other as well. So, um, yeah, we work hard for three points. Good, Good luck stuff. Well, we'll go well, and we'll we will no doubt um, we'll no doubt chat to you again at some point in the in the future. So, thanks very much. And Leon, um, our pass will no doubt cross. Maybe a training on Wednesday. Is, is that on? Oh, no, no, it's not. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's cut that one out in the edit. Uh, okay. First of December, <laughs> I'm looking at my latest, latest, latest comeback. All Brilliant. right. Good stuff. Take care, fellas. Nice to meet you, Jamie. Bye for now. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers.